I brought the cum joke last week, so I can't start this week. <laughs> are you in the penalty box? <laughs> <now>? <laughs> this is the intro, though. You don't even realize it, Russ, but yeah, that's the intro. We, Russ is in the... Russ, the, imagine this, if you will. The three of us are skating on the ice, and big old cum joke Russ is in the penalty box. <laughs> he's dying to get out, but we've sidelined him. Because yeah. that can't be this show. But yeah. he's dying to get back on the ice. This is a He got a, he got a four-minute major penalty, and the rest <laughs> of us, with you, the listeners, are on the power play. And we are going to have to defend our house from you because of Russ's Russ's selfishness in his terrible joke. I rely on Russ. I need my vitamin R for two minutes before we record this podcast to hear what's going on in his life. And I've been deprived by him. Yeah. Unbelievable. You're really not going to give us anything. And uh, this, hell, the selfishness. I, any, I would do anything to have him back. Anything. Anything. Hey, plant, did you like drop some eggs on your kid and it made you eat a bunch of fiber or anything? <laughs> Nothing? Hey, hey um, uh, the, there are a lot of funny names of vegetables like t- tomato, um, cucumber. Cucumber. He's failing. He's failing. No, cucumber. he's failing. Did, did you say cucumber? You're cucumber. in the box too. Get in the box with Russ. Wait, Chris, show me the inside of your ears. Oh, 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 oh no, 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 no. The microphone fell out. <laughs> of what? My name is Justin McElroy, and I know the best games of the week. My name is Griffin McElroy. I know the best games of the week. My name is Christopher Thomas Plant, and I'm opening up the penalty box to let the star of the show out. My name is Russ CJ Frustick. <laughs> I know the best game of the week. Well, welcome to Russ Frustick's The Besties, where we talk Does about CJ the latest stand and for cum joke? Does CJ stands. <laughs> For cum jokes. Claudia Jean. <laughs> now, come on. Come on. We're going to talk about a lot of different video games this week. Chris Plant, what are v- video games? Oh, they're interactive movies, pictures, songs, and plays. And they're bigger than ever. We've come a long way since uh, Robotron. Well, we're going to talk about that at, uh, and so much more right after this brief commercial break. This episode of The Best of These is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right, so you know there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. 
And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their aura frames and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. Now, while we are going to talk about video games today, there is a one uh-huh. video game that we are not necessarily going to talk about today although we i think eventually will talk about it but not today and that game is that game is power world power we're not going to talk about yeah. it do you want me to talk about why we're not going to talk about it yeah please please oh I'd, i would be happy to here's the thing about power world um people have really strong feelings about power world right now and it is a very big game I, when i say big i mean it both ways uh the game itself playing through it takes a lot of time and the game uh its popularity also humongous um and the conversation slash discourse around it where people are like hey this is made with ai well, we looked into that that's uh, not so easy to prove or the developer said this or they didn't say that uh, that's also pretty hard to prove so what we want to do is we want to take some time we want to like learn more about the game about the people making the game about the people enjoying the game about the people not enjoying the game and then we want to come back to you you know, in a few weeks when everything's nice and calmed down and we have a lot of cool information, we're going to keep you informed and we're going to do the episode then. But what we're going to do instead right now is talk about a ton of other games that we've been playing because with all that extra time that we had, we got through, I mean, at least six killer games that we're excited to share with you. So Power World in a few weeks, great games right now. And that's the pitch. All right. Love it. Well, we will circle back. Uh, we will circle back to that. Um, we have uh, instead got a whole bevy of of uh, slightly smaller, maybe like under the radar kind I of mean, releases. Some of them. That we, some of them are. Some it's of them. called Tekken Eight. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. It's like what's well, slightly smaller in terms of interest. You know, sure, like fighting sure, games sure. is a niche. It's a niche. Oh, for sure. Uh, and uh, let's 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 start with a little one that I actually played a lot, and you all played a lot, and uh, I, I would love to hear someone tell me about Tiny Rogues. Fuck yeah, this game kicks ass. Mm. All right, guys, that's it for me. Um, <laughs> Checking wow. next. Week. He did it again. Best in the biz. Um, yeah, I this came out of nowhere. It had, was anyone else aware of this game's existence? Yeah, before? Never, not at all. I, okay. <laughs> I played it. It seems like a Russ Frustic joint. It is. It really is. I played it probably a year or so ago, and I played it because of Northern Lion, who was streaming it, and honestly continues to stream it with some regularity. And is it a Destiny streamer? No, Northern Lion. Do, Northern Lion does roguelikes, so Binding of Isaac and a bunch of other like roguelike games. Okay. I know the name. It must be from watching Isaac. Big, um, he's a big uh, Super Auto Pets fan as well. Oh yeah, okay. Uh, very good. Uh, per, uh, I you know, good YouTube, good streamer. Um, but that's where I first saw it. Um, what what makes it different from like all the the roguelikes that y'all play? Because I, I played a bit of this, but uh, I I don't know if I'm as hardcore in the genre as you two are. It it it, it works for me in a way that I, I feel like games often do, where it is aesthetically 
pretty like simple. It I mean, is it's very simple. Uh, it's like very very simple. It looks very, like pre NES uh, era yeah. graphics. Um, still, I mean, it's still like it works. Yeah, and it's a, the <laughs> game sounds great. Okay, <laughs> it works for me. Uh, but it is so mechanically like dense, and there are so many ways to kind of like customize your character. You're making constant decisions uh with every sort of room so it's basically a twin stick sort of um uh bullet hell uh roguelike game yeah like a geometry wars kind of thing if you will sort of yeah except there's a like an auto lock-on feature so really it's more you are able to focus a lot more on the bullet hell aspect of it of dodging shit and uh you know weaving your way through walls of uh painful red bullets um and while you are doing that you are working your way through a dungeon made of uh, 10 floors and each floor has like a bunch of different rooms every time you clear a room full of enemies you get a reward and then you get to pick which room you move into next and it shows you what the rewards are going to be so you are just like crafting your build as you move through this dungeon but it's funny because if you describe it that way it sounds like literally every like every other game at that point but that but there's you have a an inventory like an equipment with like nine different slots in it and then there it gets wild with like there's different armor sets with unique bonuses that uh change the the way that the game plays like completely there's stat boosting gear there's levels up with perks there's a blacksmith that you can increase your weapon or go to the tavern and enchant it like i've i've played this game i finished my first run i beat the 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 game for the first time last night and i don't think in the half dozen like runs or so that i've done so far like i i am just i'm just always seeing new shit uh and that is very exciting uh, for me, uh, I, I find it to be an immensely playable game, and I also I've been playing it on Steam Deck. I feel like if this thing was on iOS, which I think it very well could be, it would be. Um, I mean, slay the spire levels of uh, dedication from from yours truly to it. You think this would be as pleasurable to play? I, I feel like it might be a little tricky on a phone because it's a little it's pretty specific in terms of like the bullet dodging and stuff griffin like that. played a May- ton of uh vampire survivors right on phone yeah and, and this is this is definitely more twitchy than yeah. vampire survivor like it, it is it is uh it is more akin to enter the gungeon in that you have like a ref- a recharging dodge mm-hmm. that you have to use to mm-hmm. like zip through you know walls of damage that are coming at you i think i would need um, a controller i don't think i can do a touch screen for this game personally um can i tell you about my experience playing this game for the first time please please I, so I, I i thought like roguelike you know i'm gonna turn this on i'm gonna get my ass kicked i'm gonna live about 30 seconds and then i'm gonna you know maybe live a minute and then maybe uh two minutes yada 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 i play this for the first time I'm having a little bit of trouble, but I'm not dead yet, right? And I'm going from dungeon to dungeon. I'm getting a little bit more powerful. And at some point, because there's 10 dungeon levels that you go through, um, probably about halfway, I discover that I have a a wand that shoots tornadoes that is, by this point, fully upgraded. And then I find a spell book that shoots uh, uh, comets or asteroids that fill quite literally a quarter of the entire frame each time one hits and kills from what I can tell God. Um, <laughs> and then I just beat the game. There, There is effectively the back half of the game. There is very little game for me to play other than, you know, humor the enemy by moving around. Uh, and let me tell you, I felt like the smartest person on earth 
that I had somehow yeah. done this, that I figured out the game. And then it is only uh, after you beat the game for the first time. And this is not a spoiler. Uh, you, you die. Death comes out, kills you. Um, uh, and then it reveals a giant spider web of upgrades. And I realized then, oh, no, the whole game is just filling out your, like, astrology chart of upgrades. Yeah. And I am not, in fact, good. Um, it expected astrology? me to here. Oh, okay. I'm great yeah. at astrology. <laughs> ask, ask, ask me. Um, yeah, there's there's a great sort of uh, progression to to the game where uh, each time you beat a boss, you get like a currency that lets you level up and unlock like permanent upgrades. And the upgrades are really well balanced, where it's not like uh, you know double your attack, but it's it's more like uh, you know the shopkeeper will show up at set points now. And, uh, you know, you, you, you can refill your healing flask for a little bit cheaper. It's like small stuff, but it's a game about sort of like small stuff. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I just, I really like it. I find it to be very, a very playable, almost arcadey style sort of, uh, experience. Less, it feels like less of a commitment than I think a lot of roguelikes do these days, which can be like, I feel more comfortable stopping in the middle of a run than I do in like an Isaac run where I have to like keep way more in my head, which I yeah. like about this. Mm-hmm. I uh, I I I really like the uh, the way the the uh, damage scales with different uh, item sets. It really makes each run feel uh, really different. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like and this is kind of the plant's point. Uh, I feel like that your success is real, and you can level this at a lot of. Uh, games that are have similar structures i feel like your success is super dependent on the drops that you get and your item loadout right and your individual skill starts to drop off in importance pretty quickly um it's it's rare that that's something that you are uh having to really focus on Mm -hmm. if your powers and stuff are all like working in concert with each other um and so sometimes it starts to feel especially like uh, first few levels start to feel really rote because you're not really having to target anybody uh and it's it's really dependent on what kind of drops you get um, it, it very wisely there is also a uh, a pickup that you can get that are dice that let you like re-roll perk selections when you level up or re-roll boss loot mm. um which i once i discovered that it, it made that sort of how do you do of that because i kept getting dice and didn't know how to use them um, you, there's like a prompt that is sort of context sensitive. Whenever you like level up, if you have the right type of dice, it'll show you a prompt to let you reroll. Okay. Um, All right. But yeah, it's, it's, it's fucking great. It's also it's only pretty... 10 bucks, which like awesome. Yeah. That's, yeah. Okay. I, you get a lot of value out of that. It, I, it I, is... I see this being a game that like, I'm going to keep on my steam deck and is like the jam I'm going to return to you know when i don't really have anything else to play and i'm like on a trip or something i I was Uh, gonna say this is an airplane game through and through i like cannot wait to i'm gonna be bored on an airplane three hours into a flight and this is gonna save me um i'm looking forward to that what's next uh can i talk about tekken 8 i would love to hear about tekken 8 tekken 8 coming at yeah okay (laughs) so tekken 8 um it happened to me I fell in love with the fighting game. I think I am having the experience with this game that a lot of people had with the uh, exceptional Street Fighter game last year, um, where it's it's teaching me how to love fighting games. It has so much 
stuff, uh, just like Street Fighter, there are at least two fully complete big story modes in this, like full campaign, cutscenes, everything. Why they got two? Huh? Oh, well, that's a a great question. Well, I'll just say there's also the individual characters all have their own kind of like mini campaigns. Let's talk about the main ones. The main ones, uh, they teach you how to play the game in different ways. One is like you kind of have experience with Tekken. You love these characters, I I guess. And you want to get into like what's up with them as like a whole unified group and cool cutscenes where you're fighting in Times Square. That is one. Then there is the one that I played, which is called like Tekken Quest or something. And it is a RPG light in which you play as a like Xbox avatar or like me. And you go from arcade to arcade, um, hanging out with buddy avatars and learning how to play the game from them at a like ultra basic level. So they'll like, it'll start and I'll be like, hey, here is how to just learn a, a really basic combo, do it three times, and then we'll let you like kick someone's ass. Uh, so you feel, you still feel like you're having a nice time. And you get tons of, because it's RPG, you get currency, you get all these like little incentives that make you feel like you're making progress. Um, and it is very, very well paced in that I, I didn't feel like I was trapped in a tutorial, um, but I was actually learning how to play the game. The only bummer that I will say so far is I did hit the point with the tutorial or this quest mode that I, I seem to hit with every tutorial and every fighting game, which is when I get to complex combos, it's like, hey, just hit these seven moves in a row. Yeah. You have to nail the timing of those moves. It's not so much about like hitting the buttons as it is about actually nailing the exact timing that they want you to hit it. And this doesn't have what I think Street Fighter had, which was like almost like a metronome built in to help you get it. I can't remember if it was Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat that did that. Um, and I'm just at that point where I'm like, I'm putting the button prompts in, but I'm not pulling off the move and I don't know why. It's and also like I never the thing that frustrates me. I would never in a game be able to do that like seven move perfectly time combo. So it's just about like getting over that challenge and never thinking about it again. And I always so, hate those moments. The the other thing is it has that um, simple control variant that we saw in Street Fighter. Yeah. And you can switch between traditional controls and swim, simple controls at, at any point in any match from what I can tell. So it's not like you have to even go into the options menu. There's like a button to switch back and forth. Oh, wild. Um, so like when I got really frustrated... I would just be like, okay, I'm going to switch back and keep going because I, I want to see more of this game. Um, and that worked fine. Like, honestly, I, I I really felt like after probably like three hours of play with it that I was not butt mashing, that even with the like simple controls, I was using positioning. I understood how much of the game relies on defense. Um, they say that this is like Tekken, but like be aggressive. But Tekken really is like a defense heavy game um your blocks are super powerful you're not getting like chip damage unless they turn on a certain like there's a special move that you can use once per match um yeah it it just felt like it felt like i got the competitive play of it quite quickly and that i was really enjoying it also it's just meaty as hell like it just feels cool Um, that's always been tekken's draw yes for me is like it it feels 
you feel like you're really punching some dudes. Yeah. Muscle, just some big slabs of beef. Just big, I mean, man, real big meat. slabs. <laughs> like real prime, you know, grade A beef. Um, I, yeah, I, I really recommend people who are curious. If you are, you know, thinking about getting into a fighting game, need something that's a little cute and a little, like, friendly, uh, this seems like a, as good an option as any. Do I think it's as good as Street Fighter? I mean, I don't know. I've, I've read so many reviews about both games, and it seems like you could go either way. Some people think Street Fighter is the best starting point. Some people think Tekken is. Um, but the cool thing about the genre right now is you can actually get into it with two of the biggest entries that have, you know, ever existed. Good time to be in fighting games. I, d- I have time. a question either for Plant, if he knows the answer to this, or for, for people listening at home who have maybe played Tekken 8 and have the answer. Uh, Chris Plant, did you play as Panda by any chance? I beat Panda's ass a few times. Okay, I, I don't care um, for that. I only play as Panda <laughs> when I'm playing Tekken games because I really like Panda. Okay. And in researching, I was looking through some of the costume options for Panda, and I saw that Panda was wearing a giant bee outfit, and uh-huh. I wanted to confirm mm, if that okay. was... In, explain yourself, Chris. In the game. Uh, I wanna, no, no. I think if anybody needs to explain themselves, it's Freshik who was, quote, researching. What were, yeah. you, what were you researching? I was researching what costumes Panda has in Tekken 8. Uh-huh. Okay, <laughs> Don't okay, make okay, this okay, about yeah, real librarian over here. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing some in-depth analysis on whether Panda has a giant fucking bee costume in Tekken yeah, 8. Yeah, so that, can anyone confirm this? The internet seems unsure of whether that's the case or not. There, you, There's a bunch of character customizations, so you could probably do whatever you want with Panda, is my guess. Fucking that's not an answer. <laughs> you freak. Um, let's talk about the next game, Nasty Boys. Yeah, Home Safety Hotline is a... Ooh, this looks so cool. Yeah, it's really neat. Um, analog horror is mm. the is the genre that I've seen like most commonly attached to this. Uh, basically, you are a uh, responder for a hotline that people call when there's danger in their home, like a, sort of like a poison control center, that kind of thing. Uh, but the... the uh, Interesting thing about it is that the things that people are encountering, they start out with things like black mold or termites or moles or whatever. You say uh, mold? And then mole, M-O-L-E. Like skin like moles pest. or like No, like a pet, like that pest, it. like a pest. Um, it's like a pest control sort, oh, of, sort of hotline. So people call and uh, uh, you hear – it's the interface is very much like a Windows 95, like it's very uh, and it's uh, very immersive. So like you are looking at the computer, you are in the computer, sort of like um, oh, what was the not quadrilateral cowboy? Hypnospace but it outlaw. Like quad- Thank you. Yes. God, how do I know uh, that? Hypnospace outlaw. That kind of <laughs> that kind of ideal. And everything is through that interface. Um, and when you're getting these calls, you basically will get like a very grainy picture of the person. And you'll hear the audio and the audio is all super like well presented and, and well acted. Um, but when you hear like I've I've been hearing this this uh, sort of scratching noise from behind my bed and in the morning I wake up and my dishes are all clean. Ooh. And then it's like, oh, OK, well, that's I a it's moles. that's a desk gobbin. Oh. They've gotten out and they've cleaned. I know that because they climb around the walls and what's and so these entries get increasingly bizarre as you go forward and like your dictates from your employer get increasingly 
uh, strange and unnerving. And the pacing is really weird. Like after you take a call, there's often like 30 seconds where nothing is happening. I mean, like there's nothing happening. <laughs> and so you're very, it is very much that, that thing of like, you're sitting at your desktop and I don't know, I'm just kind of fucking around and like reading the different entries because like you, it, it really makes you feel like you have this job. So you're like reading through cause you've got nothing else to do. So when you get a call, it's like, oh, it, it's a little bit surprising. You know, kind of take it, it catches you off guard a little oh, bit. Oh, so there's like, nothing a, yeah, there's happening. like a quiet, you're waiting for the next call. Exactly. To come in. That's really And then the funny. call comes in and you're dealing with it. But in the off times, like it really is just like you're working a desk job. So it, it, it's <laughs> this interesting ebb and flow of like making you really feel like you're part of it. And then sometimes you will get people calling you back if you did the, made the wrong choice or ch- advised them with the wrong strategy. Um, and there's like uh, some ads for your employer that start popping up in your on your desktop and you'll start getting emails from people warning you that like you're headed into a, down a dangerous path or whatever. And, but that is, anyway, that is the the, the game. You can't play with a, a controller mm. to, to sort of give you an idea of what we're talking about here. It's just mouse and keyboard, that's it. Uh, because it really does want you to feel like you are working this this gig. But, Although I um, guess you could, could you use the trackpad on a Steam Deck as the mouse? Would that may, work? I mean, you you maybe could, but honestly, like you'd be missing okay. out. Like it, it's it's really it would feel weird, yeah. and uh, I just don't think manipulating a mouse. I mean, in, in a pinch, you could probably swing it. I just don't think manipulating a mouse with a trackpad is very yeah, fun, especially because you're primary but you're basically like clicking through you're reading the descriptions and looking for stuff that matches what they're describing on the call Mm -hmm. yeah that sounds dope and that gets harder to pair as you go forward right like at first it's pretty easy the person is describing like black mold or something it's like oh you got black mold no problem and then there there, uh, some other ones you have to try to uh discern and use a little bit of like uh lateral thought is there like an overarching storyline yeah, it's it's very it's more in the in the background yeah. um through emails and stuff like that. Uh but there is definitely like a a uh, a through line that that is that is connecting everything. Um it's very cool. That sounds dope. I think we have a bunch more to talk about after the break, which I'm I'm exhausted. I can't talk anymore right now about video yeah. games. Please, please give me just a second. Let me go to my corner. <laughs> And have my cut man <laughs> cut my video game must. What are they cutting? I don't know what they're cutting at the boxing time. Like the, I, think I don't know. They, like your eye gets all swollen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cutting. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, I don't want to describe it because it's gross. So they get the goo out. Yeah, the goo. Let's get the let's get the goo out, and we'll be right back. Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week rocket money they make it so easy to get your personal finances on track especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need keep the ones you want get rid of the rest here's how it works rocket money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions monitors your spending and helps lower your bills they'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20 percent all you have to do is take a picture of your bill and rocket money takes care of the rest that might sound too good to be true i have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments i have and it's worked which is 
incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties. Rocketmoney.com slash besties. You go get a phone. You just want a phone to talk to your friends and family. You're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts and you get ripped off because they got all this fine print little details. And all of a sudden they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech. You know, the contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense. Mint Mobile. They're wireless plans. There is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like, literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or do you want to have a nice, easy solution, save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month? Say bye to your overpriced wireless plan's jaw-dropping monthly bills. The unexpected overages sound familiar? To get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Okay, we're back. And I have a game to talk about, which I'm quite excited okay. to discuss. It is a game called Lunistis. And I found this game. I was watching some random YouTube of someone talking about um, Switch games that you might have missed, which is often a place that I look to those sorts of videos to find games that I might have missed. And in this case, indeed, I did. Uh, Lunastis is a... That is one of the most insane intros to anything I've ever heard <laughs> in my entire life. That was top to bottom unhinged. Uh, Lunastis is a 3D platforming game that kind of looks like it came out on Dreamcast. It has that aesthetic to it. I know there's been a few games like the Neon Whites of the World that have sort of adopted that aesthetic. I Honestly, it has more or maybe Saturn PS1 vibes. Oh, yeah, Saturn. Yeah, yeah, yeah Saturn. That's true. Mm. It's a little more simple than, I guess, Dreamcast era. Um, and it has like a little bit of a, a crunchy, pixelated look to it, but it's 3D. And in terms of the actual gameplay, it's, it's a very straight down the middle uh, 3D platformer. It's not like Banjo-Kazooie where it's like these giant open worlds and you're like exploring every nook and cranny for Jingos or whatever the fuck he found. Uh, this is more <laughs> like a linear, like Sonic style platforming game. Um, in this case, you play as a raccoon who has a double jump. And then if you attack at the top of the double jump, you get a basically a third jump. And you're trying to get through these levels as quickly and cleanly as possible while collecting a bunch of shit along the way. Um, it's very quick. It's very easy to jump into. Uh, the controls feel great, like just overall game feel wise it feels like really really sharp and uh i've been really really digging it i feel like a lot of sonic 3d games tend to be a lot shittier than what this is doing 
And so I mm. feel like this might check a box for people that have always hoped for a good Sonic 3D game um, and not gotten it. So, uh, yeah, I, I really like it. There's also, like, unlockable characters and shit. And, and uh, it's kind of... I think it's selling for a song. Last I checked, it was, like, $6 on Steam, which is Jeez. a steal. I don't know what's on Switch, but I put there it on Steam. There's so many and, good games out right now that are, like, under $10. I mean, this game came out in 2022, so it's not like a new game, but I also never played it before, so. Yeah, new to, yeah, new to me. Right. It's $4.99 right now. That's nuts. There, Crazy. There's a free demo if people want to try it. It also, like, opened my eyes to the fact that this genre has actually a pretty big following on Steam of people making these 3D platformers. There's a series called Tori, which I wasn't familiar with. It's T-O-R-E-E, -E, I believe. And it's basically the same idea, but you're like a little yellow bird. And then Tori is one of the playable characters in Lunastis. So there's that connection to it. Uh, but there's like this whole like group of indie developers that are trying to make these like dope third person platformer games. Um, and they kind of just keep getting better and better, which is really exciting. Cool. Yeah. It's dope. Um, should I talk about Enshrouded? Yes, please. Uh, cool. I don't know how to talk about Enshrouded without... Uh, referencing pal world because it's yeah. fucking wild these two games came out at the same time um, i mean you can but... reference the like other 16 games that came out before the other million survival crafting <laughs> yeah. okay so enshrouded is a survival crafting game okay uh what kind of sets it apart is it is a lot more rpg heavy than a lot of uh similar games in this in this fashion uh, I would say it is kind of a blend of a sort of Valheim uh, and, I mean, I, I think it's going for a lot of sort of Dark Souls-style stuff, huh. uh, both both aesthetically uh, and in terms of, uh, like, how combat works and how build crafting works. Um, if that excites you, I will say that it is, it, I mean, I don't think it necessarily hits the highs of a, of a, a FromSoft game. Uh, but it is it is uh, compelling enough to uh, sort of serve as another carrot on a stick on top of the usual survival crafting carrots of, you know, build your base and, um, you know, discover these new uh, tools for crafting and uh, all, all this jazz. Some cool stuff it does in how it kind of fuses those two ideas is like, uh, you know how every Souls game has a like hub area with all the different NPCs, yep. uh, and they all can like do different stuff for you. There's different vendors, different services that they offer. And in Shrouded, you have to like explore the world and find these NPCs uh, who are like sleeping in these stasis pods. Uh, and then once you find them, you summon them to your base, and you can like put them down wherever you want. So it, it, the base building is kind of like crafting you know majula or yeah. um uh i can't remember any of the other names of the the hub the areas. shrouded uh, cavern sure uh <laughs> so the 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 uh, titular shroud is this sort of mushroom uh like plague that has like destroyed the world and there are parts of the world that are enshrouded and you can only be in those areas for set amounts of time uh, i think it starts with like five minutes on the clock um so there's there's a lot of really genuinely great loops in this game and i would say the main one is you know you build up your base you you know 
maybe craft some new armor, craft some new weapons, stock up on some food, and then you go out on like an expedition, maybe into one of these like shrouded lands, which are full of monsters and treasure and new stuff for you to discover. Um, there are little like lore journals that you can find, uh, which is not usually my cup of tea. Uh, the lore of, of this game has kind of gone over my head as I have allowed it to. Uh, but sometimes you'll find something that'll be like, oh, uh, here's a, a, a journal that describes this Flintstone mine. And then it'll mark it as a point of interest on your map. It has a little bit of uh, like Breath of the Wild style uh, stuff where you can craft a glider. And then there are these watchtowers that you can climb and explore. And then once you unlock them, they become fast travel points. So you can zip right up to the top of them and then glide your way down to, you know, so one of these hot spots that you just found on your map. I, I, I want to know, like, one of the things that yeah. always frustrates me with these games and the games that, like, don't do this, I always get much more latched into. Yeah. When I feel like the survival mechanics of, like, oh, I have to repair my gear, oh, I'm hungry, start feeling like padding as a way to extend the gameplay experience so that so much yes. of my time is just that. Yeah, no, it doesn't do that. I mean, you do have, uh, your gear has durability, but yeah. that is basically, every time you come home to your base and like click on your crafting table, it automatically repairs oh, every nice. single thing okay. you have on you. So it's a question of like, how long can I stay out there in the world sure. without having to like come back home, which is a big which, sort of- I mean, that's a Souls thing, right? Like that's how Souls right. handles durability mostly. You also don't have like a hunger meter that drains, but food instead gives you buffs. Oh, um, love it. So- That's great. Uh, like you find berries in the wilderness, you eat that, it gives you health health regeneration or you, you know, farm animals to get their, uh, you know, pelts and meat and then you cook the meat and it gives you like a, a, a buff to your, uh, to, to your max health. So it, it is an extremely non-punishing game, which is great because I feel like stuff like that in a game like this wouldn't work because it would just get in the way of like, I want to go out and find this thing that I read about in this journal that's now marked on my map. Yeah. Um, I have not played it with anyone else. It is, I think, up to like 16-player multiplayer in a server. Um, and there's some workarounds that you can do to have like persistent uh, servers. I forget the dedicated servers. Yeah. Otherwise, it's like, you know, one player hosts the world and the others join it. Um, and I'm pretty sure your character is, uh, separate from like the world save. So if you join another world, I'm pretty sure you can bring your character into it. There, this game, honestly, it has a lot of really cool shit going on in it. It is not, um, so, some of the things it is swinging at, namely the, uh, you know, Soulsy style action RPG thing. It doesn't quite hit the level of polish, right? But this, it is in early access, uh, and I have found myself coming back to it a lot more than I really expected to, and a lot more than Power World has kind of kind of hooked me because I think it's it is doing a dramatically different thing than than Power World, obviously. Uh, and it's it is uh, yeah, it's just got a lot of really really great ideas. Uh, works pretty well on Steam Deck. Yeah, I was uh, going to ask. Is, so, do, uh, do you, what do you run it at? Like a thirty FPS or something? Yeah, it's it is a little. It's it is not. It is playable. Yeah, it sure. is not like amazing. But it's There's early access. I could see them optimizing right. it. Um, I, I would I would love to give this a try with with you know one or all you guys uh, because I think that the like the RPG combat of it is pretty cool. It's also pretty punishing. Like if you go into a fight with an enemy and you're not careful, you will get killed. It is it is that type of game. 
Um, and so I'm curious to see like what that looks like with with multiplayer. But um, yeah, it's called Entrouded. It's it's in early access now, and it's uh, it, you know, it's very cool. If you like this type of game, maybe if Pal World left you feeling cold, this is uh, I think a, a good next course. Yeah, it does definitely seem like something that I would enjoy. I, I tend to play these games a little later in early access when a lot of the rough edges have been smoothed, but definitely keeping it on my list. Juice, you had one more that you played, correct? Yeah, this is an interesting little one. Um, I, it's called Lil, I mean, and I do mean Lil. <laughs> Little Guardsman is a uh, a story about a young girl who is her father works the gatehouse for this like fantasy kingdom, um, and he has a gambling problem. So when he needs to go play the ponies or bet on Goblin Ball then he asks you to fill in for him at the guard shack. The way that plays out is sort of like a funny, a lighthearted papers, please, <laughs> which saying it now, I realize. Yeah. So papers, please is a game where <laughs> I'm not going to explain papers, please, but basically people are telling you their stories and you have to decide if you're going to permit them to enter the kingdom or not. Mm -hmm. And the way you decide that is one is talking to people and uh, hearing what they have to say. You also have tools like uh, a truth spray or a metal detector or um, uh, a decoder, right? That you can deploy in these different conversations to figure out if people are actually telling the truth or not. If they're if they're being honest about what they uh, their intent for for entering. And you want to let people who are going to help the kingdom in and people who are going to be a detriment to the kingdom uh, keep them out. Uh, so that's the starting mechanic. That's where it sort of begins. Uh, and then what you very quickly early on, you are given a device that lets you rewind time. Mm. So if an interaction with one of these people doesn't go the way you're hoping to, uh, hoping it would, or you learn something that you wish you uh, could apply or you had the wrong loadout of tools that you didn't love, you can rewind time to take another pass at the the interactions in, in a hopes that if you do it, you know, it, it's not a binary, let the right person in or let the right person uh, keep the right people out. There's a star rating. Um, three stars is like you did everything right. To get four stars, you have to unearth some sort of secret that needs to be uncovered using one of your tools or uh, some other specific technique. Um, so you, you benefit from the repeated attempts and the, the trying to do repeated information. There's also some segments in between that are a little bit more like point and click adventure. Like you have an inventory, you have uh, things that you can use. There's people you can talk to in the kingdom, that sort of stuff. It, uh, it does seem like, I mean, for people that have played Papers, Please, uh, I think the universal the universal understanding of that game is that it's pretty depressing to play, even though it's very interesting mm -hmm. and well-designed. It's also like mm -hmm. at every turn, you're making a decision that makes you feel pretty bad. Yeah. It's not, no, not to that extent. Yeah. Um, you're, you're more making decisions based on, so you have like Royal advisors that put up these dictates every day, which is similar to what you saw in papers, please. Like now this, this kind of person isn't allowed and this kind of person is, but this is more like uh, one of the people on the, the council will say, Hey, I've got this person coming by today. If you see them, May, let make sure you let them straight on through. Like, don't even sure. don't even hold them up. Like, let them let them straight through. But 
those people may not have the best intent for the kingdom, right? So there are different people in the world have different desires for uh, what they want you to do. So there's not a straight up and down, like good, bad. It's more like, who are you going to like, what kind of kingdom do you want to shape? Like, how do you want to, how do you, how do you make the judgment on what is good and what is bad and what you want in town and what you don't? Um, it's, it's very cute. Uh, it looks great. It's, I, I love the way it looks. Um, I will say that my, my, and this is very, very personal. Your mileage may vary, obviously. I was not like laughing out loud at the dialogue. It's more sort of like um, amusing than it sure. is funny. And that can sometimes make the conversations themselves feel like a little bit more of a slog than they they maybe need to. Uh, I wish talking to people and just the dialogue itself was like uh, a little bit sharper, a little bit more more fun. But it's it. I found the writing to be kind of like flat. It's also kind of weird to me that um, your dad's gambling addiction is like played for laughs, and maybe they'll swing back around to you know having something to say about it that's like worthwhile. But like, it's a real gambling addiction is not like of a, a like it's not like fantasy measles sure. you know that's a real thing that people have it's not really that funny uh so i i don't know i guess of the addictions that can make you a bad parent it's like one of the better ones i guess maybe <laughs> like, justin i'd love a power yeah, ranking how yeah, bad right. it goes. Of the addictions, yeah uh but it's it's uh it's there's a demo so go check it out see if it if it see if that that hits for you uh it's it's really cute it it feels also i'll say and like I don't know if y'all have started to get this feeling when you play games. And I know that this is obvious, but y- you start to feel like, why did you make this gameplay choice? And it's to make streaming it better, right? Oh, there's a lot that, you know what I mean? Like, I feel that like it, it is designed to be like what people in your stream telling you what you should do or, or whatever. And not, and left me a little cold as a as a. Player, That's interesting. It's rare. It's usually like an optional thing that you turn on, or like a streaming mode where people can vote. It's. I feel like I've pu- not played in a lot of games where it's like so in your face. But I also understand. It's not in your face. It's more like I was feeling like this would probably be more enjoyable if you had people talking about it while you were playing it. Do you like, think it'd be I, more I enjoyable like be... if like you were in a room of like a family members playing it? No, not really. <laughs> I mean, it's, there's a lot, there's a lot more reading. It's a, it's a little too finicky for that. Sure. I, don't, I don't know. And, and maybe I'm completely off base, but like, it definitely feels like it is designed to show well as a streaming game okay. and not necessarily show well when you're just sitting one-on-one, like ingesting okay. it, I guess. Interesting. I don't know. It's, it's, try, try the demo. See what you think. Cool. Well, a lot of games. Hey, should I open the mailbag? Everyone to try out. Yeah, let's open the mailbag, Chris Plant. Okay, first up, we've got this crisp letter from Michael G. Uh, it says, uh, if Russ is in need of more wholesome game show style content, then Game Changer on Dropout absolutely scratches that itch for me. Have Have any of you watched it? Oh, yeah, man. I was going to say, right? great. I don't know yeah, what this Dropout is. What is Dropout? Dropout is College Humor's uh, sort of uh, standalone streaming app, uh, and it's got, I mean, it's got a lot of really fucking good stuff on it. 
Game Changers is, I mean, kind of just what it sounds like. They play a different sort of game uh, every episode, a lot of the time sort of in the style of a studio game show. Um, But sometimes they spin it off. There's a really great episode where they have to do an escape room. Um, And it's, but it's always very funny people. They have sort of the same sort of cast. Dimension 20 is is part of Dropout uh, also, which... I'm, I don't know if you've heard of or not, yeah. but it's also yes. really good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's it is it is really 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 uh, tremendous. Fresh, uh, you you have stuff. almost certainly seen clips from Game Changers without knowing that you were even watching it. Uh, it um, does start it as like, you're describing kind of, it. Seems like something I would see on like a, a reels or a, a yes. Inst- it is whatever. a delight. Um, TikTok yeah, kind of. Thing. You'll you'll really enjoy it. Cool. Next up from um, Young Beans. We've got, not sure if Griffin has mentioned this, but please watch Devil's Plan on Netflix if you haven't already. Given that he's liked Physical 100, Siren, and other game survival shows, I know he's going to love Devil's Plan. It's a Korean reality show where 12 unique people from the entertainment industry are gathered to play in a seven-day survival game with complex strategic and social games. The first game is a variation on One Night Ultimate Werewolf. It's seriously the best shows in the genre. Uh, I watched the first couple episodes of it. I, I I did really really like it, and it's one I'm planning on returning to because it does seem to hit a lot of the same uh, yeah. stuff. Why didn't it? You and I have a lot of the similar tastes in in. Well, I guess I guess should say you and your wife have similar tastes to me and my wife for this kind of stuff. Yeah. Why wasn't this like an immediate? Was there other stuff, or was it just like? Uh, yeah, we'll return to that. It is. It is remarkably dense in terms of, and the, and that is like. <laughs> by des- by design it is uh, the the one night ultimate werewolf sort of variation that they describe is like a 10 times more complicated version of one night ultimate werewolf which is cool <laughs> like there is a there is a lot uh of like strategy and interesting stuff and i i really enjoyed what we watched but it is the type of show particularly because it is you know a korean reality show uh, it, it, like that i can't like half watch yeah it is uh right it it demands your constant sort of attention uh both from a you know language barrier perspective and also from a like there's incredibly dense gameplay mechanics happening here uh so it it is one that is like it's on our queue and i'm sure one day we will uh return to but it was it it was on at the same time as like i feel like or rather it's on netflix it's always on but we discovered it at the same time as like you know we were watching survivor and hockey and you know, I also always have bit. difficulty with the beginnings of these sorts of shows just because you're learning all the characters and you don't know who to care about. So it kind of relies heavily on how strong that initial like storyline stuff is. Yeah, that's that's why I mean, you don't have that issue with some of the shows described like Siren, I feel like does such a good job of like I think like uh, Survi- like I watch Survivor uh, pretty much every year and and that I, I always have difficulty in like the first two or three episodes where I'm like kind of latching into it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I uh, yeah, I, I I will. I think I'm going to give this one another shot because our our friend uh, uh, JD is also like a big reality show nut. Uh, spoke very highly of it, also. So cool. I think we have one more letter. Yes, uh, from Will. I love that Plant mentioned a Beat Takeshi movie. But if you're looking for movies to prep for the Yakuza games, I got to recommend his Outrage trilogy. That's Outrage, Beyond Outrage, and Outrage Coda. Not only is this one of those trilogies where the second movie is just absolutely excellent, 
It's also a dense and twisty trip through Yakuza politics, allegiances, and betrayals. If you can follow these movies, you're absolutely ready for Yakuza 0 through 6. Yeah, I mean, with Beat Takeshi, you can't really go wrong. So this sounds like good advice for people. Cool. Do we have any honorable mentions for people? Um, I'm just going to say, because we've talked about it, I think, three weeks ongoing now. Uh, we have been watching the New Zealand season two Taskmaster with our friend Guy Montgomery, uh, who we host uh, uh, Death Blart with. Uh, I had seen some episodes of it, but you had to like find it through some w- weird, uh, <laughs> you know, daily motion or some shit in order to. But they have started uploading uh, the the New Zealand season two on the Taskmaster YouTube channel. I think eight of the ten episodes of of it are up now, and it is fucking amazing it is hysterically funny uh but i've also extolled this show's virtues in many forms uh but it is it is very fun to watch this show knowing someone on it because it's like a a level of attachment to sort of the you know creativity (laughs) and lateral thinking and the stakes yeah Yeah, and that that really uh make it something very special there's a challenge i want to just describe there's a challenge in the new zealand season two where they all get a burner phone and are told to keep it on them at all times. Have you seen the season juice? Yeah. And then everyone takes the phone. And then two months later, after keeping this phone on them, they get a message sent to the phone that says, join this Zoom call dressed as Abraham Lincoln (laughs) and pretend to be Abraham Lincoln fastest wins. And then you watch in real time as these five harried people who were in the middle of their days threw together the most ramshackle ass Abe Lincoln cosplay. Also, all of them are from New Zealand. So I would say there is a tenuous understanding of Mr. Lincoln and his legacy and what he sounds like and looks like. Uh, and watching just five Abe Lincolns uh, on the same Zoom call is, it, it is, it's, it's unbelievable. It's so fucking good. Uh, so again, for the millionth time, watch Taskmaster. It's all on YouTube. I love it. Uh, Fresh, how about you? I wanted to call out uh, Fargo season five, which I believe Justin there recommended is. on the show. Uh, if there was a better show last year, I don't know what it was. And I'm looking, I'm counting eh, maybe the bear. Yeah, the bear's up there. The bear is definitely bear up Fargo. there. But this, I, I just started it. I think the thing that I've noticed about Fargo is a lot of those seasons, even though I do love them, the first episode, not dissimilar from what I was just talking about, about reality shows, the first episode tends to be kind of a like deep dive crash course into like a very dense history. And what I liked about this season is that it's a much, at least to start off with, a very focused, like yes. smaller story that you slowly, obviously gets bigger over time, I'm sure. But I was able to like immediately grok what was going on, which characters I should care about, what their motivations are, et cetera. And you have that, overlaid with like incredible writing and performances and and uh, i'm really just uh pretty blown away by it so it's been really good um i also finished prince of persia the lost crown Ooh, which was great i loved it um really really Uh-oh. strong metroidvania i i but but i would say but. the narrative never really comes together so like that's it is what it is for me it just like Every time there was any narrative scene, it like kind of fell flat for me, even though like the visuals are really strong. I love the powers you get, especially in the last in the late game. Some of the powers are like fucking amazing and feel incredible. And 
um, really actually, in a lot of ways, trump some of the powers that you had in Hollow Knight. I still think Hollow Knight overall is a stronger game just because, like, holistically, I think it nails every aspect of what it's trying to do. But uh, Prince of Persia is fucking great. It's definitely one of the best Metroidvanias I've played recently. And um, if you love that genre, I would strongly, strongly recommend it. I love it. Cool. Um, yeah, I'm still, I've been sticking with this. Very good. I uh, I watched a short film that I have no idea even how I found it. It's called The Jennifer Myers Story. And it is a, it's like a 12-minute short. I'm trying not to spoil it. That feels like it is a true crime story about a murder but as you're watching it it's being recreated with kind of like yarn and like toy models um and it's very like cute um but strange and i don't want to say more than that that's probably the first two minutes but i think everybody should watch it i'll include it in the newsletter um justin i especially think that you're gonna really be into it um, Excellent. It's Excellent. one of those just like one person had reviewed it on Letterboxd and I happened to see the review and then I watched it and then um, I actually mentioned it in the Polygon sock room and it turns out that uh, Frosh and I's coworker Simone is friends with the person who made it. So one of those like very it's a small world sort of things. Um, but wow, it, it's wild to find something that has like 500 views on YouTube or whatever and is just exceptional. Um, it's pretty cool. Uh, I would just like to give my strongest possible endorsement to Chain Gang All-Stars, oh. which is a, a book by Nana Kwame Ajay Banya. Um, It is a, okay, it's a somewhat satirical novel. You may want to put it in a, like a, a pseudo-dystopian kind of uh, uh, piece you, uh, it is the story of uh, a a near future where part of the penal system is that if you have a life sentence, you can opt out and join what's called the CAPE program, and you are basically pitted in uh, into a American gladiators style system where you are battling other prisoners to the death, and if you kill enough other prisoners then you will eventually earn your freedom. Your only sort of support system here is the other people on your chain, which are sort of like teams in the sports that we uh, understand in, in the book they call, in the world of the book, they call them hard action sports <laughs> is what the the CAPE program is, is referred to. The detractors for this program, who we also follow, um, refer to it as neo-slavery. Sure. So it's, it is a... Uh, it's a book that is hugely entertaining because you are invested in the stories of the people on the chains. You're invested in seeing if they can get their freedom. You're invested in seeing how the game system changes. Like you, there are rule changes and things that people do to make it more entertaining and more and more satisfying for the for the viewers. Um, the viewers are also not just watching the competitions. There, there are uh, uh, like reality TV shows, basically that follow the contestants and follow the drama behind the scenes. Right. So the whole system is obviously, as I'm describing it, like you can tell, it's like morally bankrupt, yeah. right? Like it's obviously hoarded. What's really interesting about the book, though, is you are basically following these stories in the same way that the viewers are following these stories. And so like 
it is relentlessly entertaining and you get swept huh. up in it. And then you think, oh, fuck, <laughs> that, like this is real. And the way it does it is so fucking smart. And I've, I, I don't think I've ever seen a book do, do this in this way. This book uses footnotes in a in a way that makes it almost like an immersive read. So sometimes you'll have someone who gets killed on the battlefield right after their character is introduced, right? They're out there 20 seconds and they get off by one of the main characters and the book moves on. But if you follow the footnote, you might get like a half a page anecdote about how that person ended up where they were or like the background of the, like why they committed the crime in the first place, like how they ended up. Like It humanizes them if you choose to go read the footnote and take the time to and do it. And are the footnotes right? written like in the same voice as the rest of the book? Uh, it's usually written in a voice that is specific to the character oh interesting specific to who it is sometimes you're getting their last thoughts yeah. sometimes you're getting thoughts in their heads sometimes it'll be a fucking two pages of the u.s penal code huh. describing why a system is the way it is sometimes it's like real bracing upsetting statistics about imprisonment in the u.s the author his dad was a, a an attorney a criminal defense attorney and he grew up thinking like his dad defends bad guys. So his dad must be a bad guy. And this is like really very in conversation with that. Like I, I cannot recommend this book enough. I listened to the, the audiobook version has uh, a, a cast, which a lot of more audiobooks are doing. Um, and it's, they're all exceptional. Uh, it's, it's a fantastic book. I, I really can't recommend it. Enough. Can I, uh, can I also give a book recommendation? Mm. Just because my thing. Was Everybody, old. all aboard the books train. Uh, Justin, Poindexter, Justin McElroy. <laughs> Poindexter, Justin McElroy turned me on to this one. Oh, uh, yes, yes, Pier yes. Piranesi, uh, or perhaps Piranesi. It's uh, by Susanna Clark, who wrote uh, Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's one of the wilder books I've ever read. It is in the style of a diary of a man who lives in a parallel sort of world that is a gigantic sort of house. And it is made of infinite sort of uh, chambers and vestibules, uh, each of which is filled with like infinite statues. Uh, and there are rules to this like weird world. Like there's three different floors to this house and the bottom floor is all flooded. Uh, so that's where he goes to get like fish and seaweed to turn into nets. Uh, and the upper floors are all filled with clouds. Uh, he is the only living person in this world aside from uh, a, a man he calls the other who comes to visit him twice a week. Uh, and then there's 15 dead bodies that he has discovered and sort of outlined in these diaries. Uh, and it is it is all from his perspective as he kind of unravels how he got to this world and what this world is and who the other is and who the different people, all the different bodies that he's found are. Uh, but he has been there for so long that like there are so many different ways that he has changed his way of thinking about the world. Like, for instance, the way he dates his uh, his journal entries uh, started out being like, you know, October 16th. Uh, 2015, and then was like the 17th day of the year the albatross arrived in the southwestern third chamber. Like, it gets that level of like 
weird and granular, uh, but it was a a real fucking page turner, uh, and so like beautifully written. It's. Uh, it, I will say this, and I don't know, Griff, if this is your uh, experience. At first, the first few chapters, the first like maybe even like fourth of the book, you have almost nothing to grab onto that you recognize from you, your world. It is like very much being shoved into the, the deep end, uh, if you will. And it makes it, for me at least, it was a tough read at first because it's like, what the fuck is happening? What do you want me to derive from any of it? Mm. But by the end of the book, it all 100% makes, like, all will be revealed. It will make 100% sense. Like, and watching 100%. it, watching the pieces snap into place, once they start, they go real fucking fast, and it is very gratifying. I had one night that I was up until, like, 12.30 in the morning uh, having read it for, like, two hours because I was like, oh, shit. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. There's a <laughs> flip point at which you are not allowed to stop reading this book. Like, it, there is a point at which it's like, you have to know what happens next. It is – and it's, it's a short read, too. It's, yeah. it's a lot – Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell was, was a bit of a tome. And this is a uh, this is much more brisk for for folks who've already read the book. Uh, there's a great video essay by a friend of the show, Jacob Geller, called "The Shape of Infinity," that I think you will really really like because I know probably have quite a few listeners who've read the book at this point because I, I think we've recommended it a few times now. Oh, have um, we? I think so. I think I think I did on a week you were off. Oh, uh, okay. A just special double plug for uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor narrates it, and it is oh shit oh. Oh man, it is sublime, sublime. That rules. Um, uh, cool. That's a great break. I wanted to thank the following people for writing reviews to the besties on Apple Podcasts. Uh, thank you to Chad Hernandez, Gleepers, and Really Real Racing. Thank you for <laughs> writing reviews. Fucking good names, guys. Good <laughs> names. Reviews for the you besties. are treating you are treating podcast reviews with the dignity that they deserve. <laughs> really Real Racing. Uh, thank you to everyone. <laughs> What are we doing next week, Justin Mack? Well, we got really real racing sixty four. Uh, we are finally going to delve into it. This this unearthed gem. No, it's Suicide Squad. Kill the Justice League. Please. That's not me saying it. It's the title of the game. I would never. Kind of a spoiler, but a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Cool. I know what you're saying. I've heard a lot of things about that game. Yeah, us too. Let's figure it out. Right. We're gonna say more things about it. <laughs> We're gonna say more things about it. We'll add to the pile. Why not? I'm 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 making the call right now. Justin is going to come back and be like, guys, I kind of liked it. This is I I can think of few games with such a the arc the trajectory is landing square and the an adorable little puppy shows up on Justin's <laughs> no, doorstep. It's got no, a no, sniffle. No, I, not this one. Can I be honest with you guys? Yeah. This is something I realized about myself watching the trailers for this game. I, and everybody's got their own preferences, right? And I know we're trying to wrap up the show, but just real quick. I like games with one guy. Uh-huh. And this has, like, many more guys in there. <laughs> I don't like to worry about a lot of guys. I like to worry about one guy. Yeah. In in Yakuza, when they're like, you got more guys than you can use, that's when I start to be like, well, I don't really want to play because I just want to think about one guy. Mm. I just just want. I think there's just and four guys like lots in of this. Guys. That's so many, Russ. You're hearing it, right? Yeah, four that guys? is more than one. For who needs four? This dudes does explain for why you liked Piranesi. That you're like, yeah, truly a one guy. guy book. That I can follow. Batman, that's one dude. You yeah. know, I can 
That's true. But when you're like, we got a bunch of different people, it's like, oh, that's so that's a lot. I don't know. I'm not very excited about it because it's so many guys. <laughs> that's I mean, that's real true. Because it's not just Suicide Squad. It's also Justice League, if we're going off the title. That's, well, not for know? long. Yeah. I don't care if there's other characters in a game. I just Ooh. only You don't want to be, be a bunch of guys. I don't want to be a bunch of guys. What I want to be fu- one your guy. Your favorite fucking RPG of last year had a bunch of guys. What? The, the, what pixelated, uh, some, what is that called? Sea of Stars did not have that many guys. Sea of Stars is showing you that many guys. guys. Exactly as many guys as Four you guys. That's plenty you of guys. You never had too many guys in that game. <laughs> Justin played StarCraft. Are, Justin are, played... are you about to talk about Baldur's Gate? Well, here's the thing about that. <laughs> you like that too? You could have sex with some of them yeah. and yeah. that was romance. You know what I mean? That's a relationship. If you can pork the guys. If you can pork the guys, then they're, it's different. Okay. Also, they all have the same uh, thing in their head, so it's basically one guy, if you think about it. If it was Suicide yeah. Squad, pork the Justice League. <laughs> Ooh. Somebody's um, already Baldur's made that Gate mod, like, right? Yeah. Baldur's Gate had one superstar and his buddies, right? Yeah. Will and his friends. Yeah. So in in just Suicide Squad, I don't know if it's like that. Is it just Harley Quinn and her friends? Because that's one guy and his friends. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm glad we're all on the we same page it. about this. Thanks for listening. I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> Got a whole episode of that next week. <laughs> Be sure to join us again next week for the besties because shouldn't the world's best guys... <laughs> the world's four of best us, guys? I'm <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> shouldn't the world... <laughs> we gotta make some changes. Well, I guess it really is Russ and his buddies. That's though. true. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. That is going to do it for us this week. Until next week, be sure to join us again for the besties. Because shouldn't the world's best friends pick the world's best games? Besties!